from Palma de Mallorca to the global super yacht community, Super Yacht Radio. And welcome to the crew mess. Thanks for joining us today. Let's talk about making you feel good. Nothing makes me feel good like starting my day with some legal advice. Always say that. Start your day with a lawyer. It's the only way to do it. And well, a glass of orange juice. Can I just say I'm delighted to have our next guest in because uh, as you have heard on our show, we've been trying to decipher a little bit the different phases of um, de-escalation here in Spain. And I have the pleasure of having somebody who's a lot more expert than we have, uh, Miguel Sierra, who is a um, long-term lawyer in the Supion industry. Pleasure to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Maeve. Hola, Miguel. To, to be here with you. Tell me, Miguel, first thing I'd like to know is, do the politicians get paid per rule? <laughs> <laughs> is it a thing that the more rules they can make up, the more money they can get paid? Is that is that how it works? I don't yes, know. Yes, they, they are paid on productivity. <laughs> uh, a variable fee on every, every rule in the market. <laughs> For every word. No, not, not really. Now, now really... Uh, uh, not joking. To, to to be honest, especially in the in the yachting industry, the general directorate of the merchant marine, jointly with the other ministries involved, as the health and interior ministries, are working really uh, very hard and many hours because it seems that it's quite simple. If you can sail, if you can uh, do charter if you can navigate but it's not that easy because there are many uh, participants involved as the mm -hmm. marinas the crew the yachts coming from outside different quarantines in uh, departure port in arrival port so different phases in spain so it, it's it's quite a complicated issue and to be honest as uh, legal and tax advisor of ANEN, which is the main Spanish uh, yachting association. The directorate general of the Merchant Marine is working really very, very hard to try to clarify all aspects uh, around that. And I suppose that there's, we're not learning from any previous experience. This is the first time we've had to deal with this kind yeah. of global situation of locking down and, and releasing people in a way that doesn't start the whole pandemic again yeah. so i understand it's a it's a difficult situation and and one that we're learning from as we go even the politicians are learning as they go absolutely and if, uh, the one that that not recognize that is completely lying fortunately we do not have a pandemic every year <laughs> uh, so uh, we are learning for the first time and uh, there are issues that uh, in a couple of months we will say this could have been done better or mm -hmm. improved at that moment and they did it wrong. Yes, of course, there, are, there will be many things that uh, could have been better, but uh, we are all learning together. And the truth is the tax authorities and the maritime authorities are trying to work together with the associations to make it uh, the best possible way uh, so uh, we, we we cannot complain in our sector of the cooperation with the authorities this is the real truth so miguel can i bring you back for those that are hoping to come into the balearics or into spain 
Could you just step through uh, with a little bit more clarity for us? Here in Mallorca, we have entered phase one. I believe, though, that Barcelona are still on phase zero. And we have kind of a two-week progression, give or take. I mean, they're trying to not be too definitive with dates because they have to see how it goes until the end of June. Could you just step us through a little bit of what we should be expecting as the guidelines are at the moment? Yes, indeed, from uh, Monday, this Monday 11, we have entered into phase one, which is, uh, curiously, the second phase of four, which are the, the four phases uh, planned in the, in the Spanish plan to the new normality. We are now in phase one. Indeed, uh, Barcelona, uh, most of the regions are in phase zero. And uh, regarding yachting, the main difference is that in phase uh, zero, uh, the pleasure navigation was uh, not allowed unless done individually as a sport and the boat with no engine, only sailing, rowing, surf. And uh, the, the, the boat should be in the same municipality of the, of the user. So uh, it was absolutely restrictive and only a specific cases uh, could sail. So now in phase one, uh, it's not perfect, absolutely, but it improves a lot because pleasure navigation is allowed uh, and charter activities, which is assimilated to active tourism, uh, is allowed, but with geographical limitation of, uh, in the case of the Balearics, only one island where the, the boat is moored, and in the mainland, just one province if they are in phase one. But this, uh, this navigation uh, can be only done no, no farther than uh, 12 nautical, nautical miles from port. Uh, charter activities can only be done with people residing in the island or in the province, if we talk about the mainland. So it is very restrictive. And if we are talking about super yachts, we have the big problem of the EU borders closed because mm, travelers cannot reach the islands and in some cases the boat or the yacht cannot reach our water. So uh, here is the huge problem for the super yacht industry. Are, are Maybe super for yachts, some locals is better. Are any super yachts, I mean, our ports and airports have been closed for the whole of lockdown. Um, when is the point that we would be allowing uh, yachts to come in to port? So presumably a super yacht can go from Menorca to Mallorca now, but we can't yes. necessarily, can we receive a boat that would come from Barcelona yet? But we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't be allowing a boat, for example, from France or Italy into Mallorca or Spain yet. Uh, not really. From phase zero to f to phase one regions uh, can, can cannot sail. It would be different if a yacht wants to change port, for example, uh, going from uh, just change port, going to Mallorca in Club de Mar, to One Ocean in Barcelona, or vice versa. If they have a booking and they are expressly allowed previously, they can move. But... Uh, the, the, the issue is that it is not possible now for a, for a yacht to come from phase zero to the Balearics in phase one 
and do a charter with clients previously contracted. Normally, clients are foreigners uh, coming from holidays, etc. This is not allowed at the time. And uh, presumably, if everything goes well and there, there are no new outbreaks that moves the tentative calendar, this will be possible from uh, the 8th of June onwards. Okay, so from But the- I insist that the, the main issue is that today there will be a meeting at the European Commission because uh, on Friday ends up the closure of the EU borders in the Schengen Plus area. So uh, today, presumably, will be taken the decision on how to renew this closure of the Schengen space. And this is uh, basic. Uh, for everything, for people to come in, to be able to, 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 to travel to Spain or to other countries, to do international charters which were previously booked, etc. This is a key issue and there are two versions by now, as far as I know, in the European Commission. One says that uh, for everybody, this will be extended until June 15, one more month. I think this is a big mistake because not all countries are in the same position. So uh, w- w- what I know is that the the, the ministry, it was the, the the member of the of the commission in in charge of this uh, of these matters, the European the European Union Transport Commissioner uh, Adina Valean has talked about the common framework this, yes, a common framework, but a gradual approach to open internal and external borders to restore the normal functioning of the Schengen area. Okay. So we'll see this afternoon. So uh, for the moment, uh, until essentially until at least the 9th and possibly the 15th, the movement within Spain and it depends on which area of Spain, because as you said, some areas are a phase behind us. We're at phase one. But the movement of people is going to be restricted only to people who are resident of Spain, in essence. Yeah. After that, yes. they will do a gradual increase to allow certain people in. But this is the big decision, is which countries we will open our borders to. I presumably, you know, Germany, Italy, France um, may well be kind of the first step, yeah. I would think, um, since they're in the Schengen yeah. and in the EU with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, absolutely. And the, the problem, if there is no a common frame in the Schengen area, is that we are going into bilateral effects. Uh, for example, there will not be quarantine between France and the UK because they have reached a bilateral agreement. There will not be uh, amongst the countries in the north of the Schengen class area, as would be Iceland or Liechtenstein, etc. But but we need some common rules at least, yeah. because if not, this could be a mess. Well, huh? because, you know, I know from a personal side, from our daughter coming back, and it will affect anyone planning to come into the Balearics or Spain, is that they're being required to have 14 days quarantine or self-isolation um, when they come in. 
if we open the borders to France and they're not doing the same thing, then we don't really have a balance between our protocols between different countries. No, no, absolutely, I agree, and this is not this is not still defined, and I assume that is one of the matters to bear in mind and to take into account for the European Commission to take the decision. So this decision should be taken this afternoon, but maybe discussions are uh, extended and they do not reach a conclusion by today because it's not easy. As you, uh, you, you are. You are exposing a particular circumstance which uh, are facing many, many citizens residing in the Schengen space. So uh, we are not, not still talking about travels from third countries to the Schengen space, but within the Schengen space, we, we are having already uh, problems. In fact, on Monday was published in the official Gazette here in Spain, uh, the reestablishment of the sea and air uh, border customs controls, which was not established at the moment, only was land uh, controls of the borders. But in other member states, as Germany, uh, mm -hmm. it is already time ago uh, that they have uh, air, uh, air, sea and land uh, border controls. This doesn't mean that people cannot go from one territory to another. It means that there is a control, there is a border. So you have to cross and they can put conditions of health, previous compulsory test or whatever, because this is a national competence. The European Union cannot decide on Spain putting a quarantine for people traveling to Spain and the, the, the European Commission cannot tell Spain, you cannot do that. Mm -hmm. they, they can say, I don't like your measure. There are others that could suit better with the European policy, etc. But it's a competence of the countries, not of the European uh, Commission. Anyway, as you, as you can imagine, it would be good to be uh, all more or less in the same line, because if not, would be crazy yeah mm. well but the other side on on this whole thing is that we've had very different experiences depending where you are in europe during this lockdown you know in spain Absolutely. we've had quite a severe lockdown but it was also a necessary step to make sure that we got it under control and you know italy and france have had similar measures um you know we might be a bit more critical of the uk way of handling it because they didn't seem to react as quickly. So even in, in how we have managed the lockdown period over the past two months has differed. And I certainly know here for us in Mallorca, having had eight or nine weeks of socially distancing and being very, very careful, the I've, I do feel a caution of how we enter into the next stage so that we can keep things progressing but not to have to, and I think ultimately everybody feels this way. Nobody wants to go back to a place that we have locked no. down because we haven't managed it cautiously and carefully enough. This would be terrible, terrible in fact. Uh, the, the worst that can happen is that maybe we can go slower from one phase to another. And if every phase is foreseen to take two weeks, maybe in some cases we'll take three. 
but it's much better uh, that the phase takes three weeks instead of the tentative two weeks initially foreseen, then to go a, a step back to phase zero or from phase two to phase one. This is absolutely terrible because it will take much more time to get a new normality. We'll see what's that because I think that nobody knows at the time. And additionally, uh, it affects uh, people emotionally also mm -hmm. because when we go a step back, uh, you think, my God, where is the end of the tunnel? Uh, mm -hmm. will, will we ever go out of this? Uh, so it, 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 this effect is also very important. Yeah, I, I think it's this minds. thin line between optimism and realism. You know, yeah. it, we, yes, it, it's we need to stay positive. We need to be as you know progressive as we can be. On the other hand, there's the very real fact that unfortunately it's not like the end of the world war that we finish the war and it's over. It is as the, the pandemic has not been eradicated. We don't have a cure. So how we manage the next two or three months, I think is going to be very, very important on the progression for the rest of the year. Of course, as a parent. Absolutely. Yeah, as a parent, you're used to taking a step backwards. <laughs> I, I, I fully agree. This is, this is a key issue because, let's see, if the, if, if the calendar is correctly fulfilled, which would be great, I would sign right now that uh, since the 8th of June, which is the end of phase three, that curiously is the fourth phase, but in Spain we used to do this kind of, of puzzles. Uh, so I, I would sign right now that from the 8th of June we get the new normality, whatever it is, uh, which we still don't know. But what is clear uh, is that this new normality will not be uh, the general normality as it was before because the, the the virus will continue to be there and there will be not still a solution a vaccine or a treatment for the disease so uh, the hygiene measures the security measures the social distancing etc will still remain there and form part of this new normality for sure this is absolutely for sure Sure. Who came up with the term new normality? I, th I think it was to help all of us feel that there is some normality no, back in life. Because I faced this the other day. We, we had somebody uh, doing a delivery to the house. And I didn't know what, how to greet the person. I didn't know if I should elbow bump, if I should wave, if I should offer a mask. You know, it's, it's like this um, new normality with, with, with no instructions. You, you've got to just write it down as you go along and I, I find it difficult I find that part difficult because I just don't yeah, know well, what it is uh, and a specific aspect of, of the new normality is for example that I have an Amazon guy now down uh, the stairs of, um, of my home and have left the packet on the stairs yeah. and not delivered on hand this is part of the new normality uh, there will be uh, many protocols I assume as you know, in the yachting industry, mm -hmm. uh, since May 6, uh, we deal with, uh, with uh, we establish a new protocol for the yachting industry, which uh, enhances uh, 
health security measures for ports, for marinas, for crews, for yachting, etc., which consist in many occasions of uh, very basic routines as uh, washing hands every time, disinfecting yachts after uh, every mm. use, uh, whatever. It's a broad protocol, which most of the measures, to be honest, are uh, common sense. And, and if you are a bit uh, prudent person, you can guess fifty uh, percent of yeah. the measures, yeah, and the others is worth to read. We, we, it's worth we, to read. We spoke to a captain who explained that deliveries are, you know, the drop to the the passerelle, the crew come out in masks and gloves, they take the produce out of the bags and put them into the boats' bags, and as they're doing that, they wash down the packaging, and there's this whole, yes, very bizarre sanitation. Uh, things yeah. going on and a friend of ours uh, was saying they went to a, a, a restaurant the other night because now you can go to a restaurant and the waiter brings the food to another table leaves the food on another table and then you've got to go from your table to this other table and you pick up the plates and bring them back to your table so you you're kind of half working with the waiter you're, you're like serving it's like a, a, a demi-service thing. It's all very bizarre. Yeah. That said, though, we were talking to a captain this morning who was uh, in Singapore as it was starting to lock down. And they got monitored basically with temperature every time they went anywhere. Mm. And for anyone who ended up staying there, they had to stay on board. They weren't allowed off the, the ship yeah. whatsoever. So It's going to be um, difficult as a young man, you go to a bar and you see a pretty girl, do you go up to her with a little temperature gun and go, hi, I just want to see how hot you really are? Well, this sounds very romantic. <laughs> <laughs> is, this is the new normality. This is, this is it. This is going to be very difficult. This is, this is what's going to kill. This is what's going to kill off the human race. We won't be able to date. We'll just, we just won't have babies anymore. We'll die out. Um, um, can I just ask one last? I'm, I, I, I'm happily married. <laughs> <laughs> well done I, for putting the two words in the same sentence: happy and marriage. Uh, me too. Yeah. Me too. Um, uh, McGregor, just out of curiosity, I would imagine um, for your profession as well, legally, you've—I mean, it's sort of a new playing field because things that would have been legal questions right now seem would seem to fall under the big umbrella of force majeure. You know, nobody has any particular control of what's been happening in the world in the past two months. So I'm sure for your profession, your platform has changed hugely over the past two or three months. Yes, this is a... This is a a very good question, Maeve. Uh, the problem, the problem with uh, if we go to the specific field of super yachts, mm -hmm. the problem or 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 not, it, things are like that, just like that. Is that uh, the most of the contracts, uh, charter contracts or selling uh, contracts, uh, are under uh, English law and jurisdiction? Force majeure does not exist as a doctrine in English law. So uh, oh. it, it exists as a doctrine in Spain or in general European law, but not in English law. Uh, 
Wow. So, I did not uh, know that. It, no, no, this, this is this is like that, uh, and, uh, and and many people doesn't know that. So, uh, what happens with most of the charters that had to take place in May? Uh, we have had many cases were booked from one year ago, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it has been impossible first to position the yacht in the Balearics to begin the charter trip, and second and more important, the client uh, was impossible for him, for them, for the family to reach Mallorca because the EU borders were closed and the ports and airports in the Balearics were closed and etc etc and we do not know which are the measures in their place of delivery of the of departure sorry mm-hmm. in the United States or in any other country so what happens that in this situation there have been owners most of them reasonable clever people that have accepted to uh, change dates for example, uh, renouncing to the charter season or to the month of May because it was not possible and changing for May next year. Others have uh, reached another kind of, of joint solution or uh, moved the charter to uh, September or October, which in general there are less charters, but, but probably this year will be more charters that have been changed from May to September, October, which is good weather also here in the mm-hmm. Balearics. Mm-hmm. It's not bad, less people, etc. And uh, there have been some few owners that have told the clients that they will not refund the 30% of the money previously advanced. And uh, this cannot be based on... Uh, uh, force majeure because uh, the client cannot say, well, this is force majeure, you have to refund me. No, this is English law, so we reach an agreement. I can deny, and if we do not reach an agreement, we have to go to arbitration. So what will happen in arbitration? Obviously, I think it's not reasonable. Those very, very, very few owners who have refused to change dates or to refund the money to the clients. Because obviously, when they reach arbitration, it's possible that force majeure does not exist as a doctrine in English law. But it's obvious that the arbitration will not tell you that you can keep the money for nothing. If we are talking of a 500,000 euros charter fee for one week, you will not keep uh, 200,000 euros for nothing because this uh, world pandemic. So it's much better to be reasonable, change the age, or reach a reasonable solution. But keeping 200, 300,000 euros because of that, even there is no doctrine of force majeure in English law, is not reasonable at all. Is that, is that why we don't have an English term? Because we always use the French term, force majeure. We don't have an English yeah, term for uh, I really don't know, but I looked once in the Wikipedia, to be honest, not the British uh, encyclopedia, 
but uh, it is a term that uh, is a French term that have been fully adopted yeah. in many languages. Yes. Uh, good Catholic in English, and it appears in the English. Good dictionary. Catholic countries, we believe that you know, <laughs> it's those who don't have <laughs> yeah. the ears. See, I, well, <laughs> I would imagine um, if if nothing else, if you get to the point of arbitration, when we get to the other side of this in a year or two whatever you may have negotiated financially by not reaching a resolution will come back to harm you more in your reputation reputation for not finding a solution right now um absolutely and uh think that uh no no one who is a well-known owner because as you know, the charter of super yachts is not a real business. At the end of the day, the super yacht is belongs to a yacht owning company who is the nominee owner. But uh, at the shareholding level, there is an individual who is an entrepreneur, who is uh, a, 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 a man who have money enough and likes the sea, the yachts, etc. So at the end of the day, uh, there are entrepreneurs involved uh, directly or indirectly, but related parties for sure. So uh, these kind of people are businessmen. So they, they used to reach an agreement and most of them have a reputation because of their business. They don't want uh, to be in trouble for, for such a thing, considering also that the charter is a, 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 a way to offset expenses of the yacht, but not a way to obtain profits. Uh, I, I, I have seen in the in in all my uh, yachting lawyer career, I have seen two yachts in my life getting profit for, from charter two, which yeah. were fully dedicated to the charter activity, mm -hmm. and sometimes used by the final owner the the UBO, etc., from time to time, but only two. The rest, which are hundreds, no one earns money from that. It's just that uh, these people who are rich but not absolutely stupid, they want that the yacht cost 2% of the acquisition price a year of maintenance, insurance, crew, mooring whatever but they don't want that the yacht cost for a couple or three pleasure trips during the year 10 percent of its value that could reach maybe seven hundred thousand euros uh, seven hundred seven seven hundred million euros some of the yacht so ten percent is 70 million or if the yacht is worth 200 million which is more often uh, it's 20 millions a year or 15 millions a year. They don't want. They don't. They, they want that the yacht, after chartering and get some profit, the yacht cost two, three percent of the value. That's the end of the story. But this is the real uh, super yacht charter business. It's not getting profit. It's offsetting cost, yeah. which is quite different. So it's not a usual business. Mm. No one would enter into a business to lose little money. <laughs> no. You, you're, and, and most you're obviously, of them you're obviously not familiar with the radio business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, most could of them be, are, are millionaires or billionaires because they've had good sense with money to get 
to well, that place. So, you know, there um, is, there is I'm the, running a business. There is the old joke, Miguel, of um, how do you become a millionaire? Yeah. You start yeah. off as a billionaire and then you buy a yacht. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is completely, this is completely true. A yacht is is a never-ending story of of expenses. So mm -hmm. uh, they say also that the the happiest two days in the world of a billionaire is when he buys the yacht and when he sells. <laughs> yeah. So he, it's another story, but uh, we face more or less to the same. Sorry, that's the telephone. Sorry. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I love yeah. that joke. <laughs> um, what other questions do we have? What? I, I think we've we've covered quite a lot. Yeah. I mean, uh, unfortunately, um, nobody is able to give definitive answers. And if if there's anything that is a new normality, it's accepting that actually there is an unknown for everybody in the world right now. Um, I think that's the only new normality I have come to accept over the past two or three months. Um, so, but I'm very glad to have a little bit more clarification. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I cannot hear very, very well now, but but uh, I, I think that it would be very useful to to give a couple of very clear ideas to charter operators and all the persons involved in the in the super yacht industry uh, first of all is that the, the key issue is uh, to pay attention to what the european commission will decide presumably today but may, maybe not maybe tomorrow in relation to opening the uh, symmetrically or asymmetrically, we don't still know because there, there are several positions involved, what will happen with the opening of the Schengen space to third countries and which third countries and if uh, people, clients, uh, charters will be able to travel, obviously, with all health and security warranties because if not, it's clearly not worth. So th th this is the key the key uh, stone of all this uh, stuff. And secondly, to be honest, if there, there are no uh, big uh, deviations on the planned calendar of outbreaks of the COVID, etc., I think that maybe, although most of the people are pessimistic, that maybe this could be not uh, a, a, a so bad season. I mean, uh, if we reach, uh, let's say, mid June with uh, at, at the end of the phase three, with the let's say new normality, with all those safety, hygienic measures, etc., uh, people with, will take uh, some some time to get the confidence enough in the destination. The destination must do also an effort to show a stamp of security, uh, tourist, uh, tourist secure stamp. The, the, the administration is working on that. So if this is accomplished by the end of June, beginning of July, well, if we can have half July, August, and after that, 
September and October a little bit stronger than previous years because dates have been changed. It is not a fantastic season, but maybe it's a season that no one is expecting as of today. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think we, that we have the obligation to be uh, optimistic to this respect. Uh, careful, security, health is first, obviously, but we have some reasons to be optimistic. Let, let's push for that and not for a disaster. This will be a mess. Uh, no tourists, no charter, no nothing, problems, owners, uh, no refunds, warranties, etc. Well, let's try to work with that. Let's try to solve uh, problems step by step. Let's do a secure destination. Uh, the administration is working jointly with the main yachting associations in in that uh, seal of secure destination, etc. And we still think uh, that we, we we can have a, a, a good yachting and charter season uh, this summer, not in 2025, this summer. So what, what you're saying is that uh, with the new norm, rule one should be optimism. <laughs> Yes, yes, well, see, now, absolutely. Now it's a good start. Good now on my piece of paper that has the new norm, number one will be optimism. Um, yes. And you, number you two have, is accept the unknown. A, you have said exactly the same as a non-lawyer. <laughs> of course, my father would, would ask you, do you know the definition of a pessimist? It, it's, an exper- it's an experienced optimist. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. But well, I'm. Uh, I, I, this is this is this is absolutely real. Always, younger people are more optimistic than uh, people with some age. I'm now uh, uh, 52, not that old, but I, I I really think that this is possible, and I still remain optimistic in the fact that this could be a quite acceptable season, not mm-hmm. a fantastic season. Of course not. We, we, can, we cannot say stupid things. This will not be a fantastic season, but maybe it could be an acceptable season. And next year, if we are lucky, maybe we have a treatment, we have a vaccine, the problems are most of them solved, and uh, we are all more happy, comfortable, and, and uh, safe than we are now. Yeah. yeah, I, th- I think at the, you're right. I think at the um, at, at the end, I think it's going to be a better season than we thought it was going to be. I think at the beginning, I think a of little all bit this, of something is better than nothing at all. So you know, a little bit of a, a season, a short season, but enough that, particularly for smaller companies, they can have a little bit of income coming in, just to support them, and you know, with the expectation that if we can, you know, pull together and get through to next year then we have a platform to truly have a new normality in life. I'm gonna, Absolutely. I'm going to use that phrase next time you ask me if I clean the house. <laughs> a, little, a little bit of cleaning is better than none at all. <laughs> Let's see how that one works out for me. <laughs> Yesterday we went, we went with the family uh, for a walk uh, in Alcudia through the beach during the afternoon at about 8, 8.30 until 10, 10.30, and it was really sad because I remember uh, last year, for example, in mid-May, you went for a walk 
through the beach of Alcudia was plenty of tourists mm. walking around. There was you 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 were crossing just with some local people, some um, families going around a bit, but all hotels closed. The most of the restaurants were closed. It, it, it was a, a, quite a surrealistic yeah. image, but. I hope that this will improve in the next month, but now uh, must be like that if we want to prioritize health because yeah. mm -hmm. there's, there's no issue. It's like a ghost town. So, mm. Yeah. I would like that this uh, was different and that all hotels, restaurants, all services were open. Ice creams at some places in Alcudia, which I like the, <laughs> the best in the world, but this cannot be like that right now. Uh, it's impossible. But we will reach that for sure. We will. Although you go to Magaluf and you see the same thing and it's like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, they say that alcohol is quite good to kill the virus. Really? Well, I think oh. there's a, a good portion of the population <laughs> that have experimented with that. <laughs> All over Europe, it's about the only thing I saw that went up in sales um, universally, globally. There was a 34% increase in alcohol sales. Alcohol and sex yeah. toys was the other thing. Um, online, Absolutely. big sales. Uh, but I think um, a lot of people are going to either come out of this with a drink problem and really badly overweight or a lot of people, yeah. there's been a lot of people like myself who've stopped smoking and have started doing some exercise. Oh, so, congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, it was just or a mixture of all three. <laughs> a little bit healthier. Yeah, yeah. Probably drank a little bit too much. And um, I, I wouldn't and say that. And we've all eaten well because we've done a lot of home cooking. I, I, I only have the overweight problem. The one of the alcohol I had before. All. <laughs> <laughs> that must be a legal term. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure meeting you. And thank you for uh, joining us on the show today. Um, we and, would love to welcome you back as we progress a little bit further um, yeah. along this path yes. and, you know, get further clarity of what's happening and developing. And I, I think this, For is, sure. this is the first uh, time in my life that this is the first time in my life I've actually got uh, lots of free advice from a lawyer. I'm really appreciative of that. <laughs> yeah, it's not common. It's, it's, not common. it's the new norm. It's number two <laughs> in my new norm list. <laughs> <laughs> this is the new normality, no charge, <laughs> no fees. Huh? And you heard that no, on but CPR thank radio, you very much to you to, to count on me. I, I, I fully remain at your disposal for whatever you may need in the future to update. And very happy to meet you during the program. Thank Great. you very much. Thank you, and Miguel. Can I just add, Miguel, if, if people are listening who are in the Balearic or Spanish region and need a little bit of extra legal advice, how do people contact you? I know on our social media, they can see your yeah. um, name and your company, but would you mind sharing it just for those that... Yes, for sure. Uh, they, 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 they can write me an email to uh, M.A. Serra, which is my name without dots and all uh, small letters, M-A-S-E-R-R-A, -R -R -A, at, and the name of my lawyer's office, which is a bit long, it's Alborz Galliano, 
Com. Alborz Galeano is A-L-B-O-R-S-G-A-L-I-A-N-O.com. And in case you didn't have a pen in your hand, uh, just drop us a line here at studio at superyachtradio.com. All our social media pages, you um, can see the name of we'll your name you and touch. company. <laughs> I will be happy to do it when this ends up and is possible for sure. Huh? Miguel, stay Thank safe. you very much. You too. Thank you. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, you have been listening with Miguel Serra, who was giving us um, a legal update of the position of yachting in the Balearics and Spanish region, as well as a little bit of an overview of legal situations vis-a-vis force majeure, which is not universal as it seems. From Palma de Mallorca to the global super yacht community, Super Yacht Radio.